This is the Sasquatch's Monsters of the Clubhouse. Tales of when athletes throw it all away and end up behind bars or worse. Hello, it's the Sasquatch and thank you very much for tuning in to Chapter 8, Volume 3, Monster the Clubhouse, or Part 2 of the Melbourne Storm Salary Cap Scandal. So just a quick recap, the Melbourne Storm Salary Cap breach was a major breach of the National Rugby League's strictly enforced salary cap over a period of five years. The discovery of these breaches in 2010 by the NRL resulted in it stripping the storm of all honours achieved between 2006 and 2010. This included 2007 and 2009 premierships, 2006, 2007 and 2008 minor premierships and Melbourne also lost its 2010 World Club Challenge title. Before we delve into kind of what was done, how it was done, I suppose it's important to discuss why you have a salary cap and what the function of the NRL salary cap is so effectively the salary cap as it pertains to the NRL provides two functions firstly it assists the NRL in spreading the playing talent so a few better resource clubs or maybe even better located clubs cannot simply outbid the not so well resourced teams in terms of geography or this type of things you don't have a Man United versus a Stoke for example the NRL believes that if a few clubs were able to spend kind of unlimited funds, it would reduce the attraction of games to fans, sponsors and media partners due to an uneven competition. And by allowing clubs to spend an unlimited amount on players, it would drive some clubs out of the competition as they would struggle to match prices that wealthy clubs could afford to pay. And I suppose that also draws us on to the, the second um aspect of the salary cap is that it's to ensure clubs are not put into a position where they're forced to spend more money than they can afford in terms of player payments just to be competitive and we've kind of seen this say if we look at the English Premiership for example we've seen this kind of happen where clubs like Portsmouth for example invested heavily and now they're pretty much wiped off the face of the English footballing landscape the Melbourne Storm obviously were punished in 2010. I know it had gone from 2006. But to kind of give you a more realistic understanding of how the salary cap would work, I've taken the figure from 2010. The salary cap for 2010 was a maximum limit of 4.1 Australian dollars for the 25 highest remunerated players at each club. Uh, any additional players would also have to fit under a subsidiary salary cap of 350,000 Australian dollars. That's for kind of your younger players, your up and comers who would very much be on kind of an apprentice contract similar to how English football used to run. In the salary cap, the included benefits provided the players, including accommodation, travel, motor vehicles, interest free loans, and managers' fees all had to be included under the cap as well as win bonuses appearance fees as well as likely some 
carryover from the previous season. So for example, the win bonus, the calculation would be capped typically at about 13 wins with any additional fees added on to the next season's salary cap. It gets a bit confusing. So for an example, a player who had played in 10 NRL games in 2009 with a contract in 2010 for 50,000 Australian dollars plus a thousand dollars per game his salary cap would be 50,000 plus an additional 10 grand in appearance fees from the, the following the previous year sorry on top of that as well you've also got various different stipulations in players contracts so that if they were selected for representative honors would it be that international would be that state of origin they'd like to also get a bonus um, and that would typically be kicked on to the following year as well I hope we've kind of explained that for you, um, probably haven't, it is unfortunately a very confusing and sometimes muddled field, the salary cap system. So how did the investigation into Melbourne come about? So like all good scandals, following claims by a whistleblower that the club was keeping a second set of books the NRL conducted an investigation in late 2009 and early 2010. After initially denying the claims, Storm officials confessed on the 22nd of April 2010 that the club had committed serious and systematic breaches of the salary cap for the previous five years by running a well-organised dual contract and bookkeeping system which left the NRL ignorant of 3.78 million Australian dollars in payments made to players outside the salary cap. This included an additional 303,000 in 2006, an additional 459,000 in 2007, an additional 957,000 in 2008, an additional 1.021 million in 2009 and a scheduled 1.04 million in 2010. As the club's compliance with the NRL salary cap is supported by statutory declarations, the club's owners requested that fraud and perjury charges be laid against those responsible and stated that any person who knew of the breach would be expelled from the club. The Victorian fraud squad began preliminary investigations on the 23rd of April and the Australian Securities and Investments Commission also made preliminary investigations and indicated an interest in investigating breaches of the Corporations Act. Storm executives had arranged for inflated invoices to be submitted to hide the payments to players. This involved submitting invoices of up to 20,000 Australian dollars above the real value of the services rendered with this amount paid directly to, pl to players via the third party suppliers. Although there was no suggestion that the suppliers were involved in submitting the inflated invoices. So we know obviously Melbourne were found guilty, but what were the entire list of penalties? So NRL Chief Executive David Gallup imposed the following penalties on the storm on April 22nd. The Melbourne Storm were stripped of 2007 and 2009 premierships and the 2006, 2007 and 2008 minor premierships were withheld. The club was fined 
at the time an Australian sporting record of 1,689,000 Australian dollars. This was composed of 1.1 million in Edward prize money, which was then redistributed equally between the remaining 15 clubs. 89,000 in prize money from the World Club Challenge, which is redistributed to the Leeds Rhinos. And then the maximum penalty of half a million for breaching the salary cap was also applied. Deduction of all the Premiership points that they'd already received in 2010 and barred from receiving any further Premiership points, including points automatically awarded for the regular season boy. Further, the club were also ordered to cut their payroll by 1,012,500 in order to meet the 2011 salary cap by the 31st of December 2010, so give them approximately eight months in order to do this. Failure to do so would have resulted in the club being suspended from 2011. The Storm initially accepted this decision without question, but later appealed the loss of their two premierships and premiership points for the 2010 season. This was largely led by the players themselves and the coaching staff, as opposed to anyone in the board or anyone higher up. The court action was later dropped, with the Storm paying the NRL's legal cost. Following on from the punishments, the NRL seized a secret dossier hidden in the home of acting chief executive Matt Hansen. The dossier contained letters of offers to three of the Storm star players, so Greg Inglis and previously mentioned Billy Slater and Cameron Smith, and another unnamed player, guaranteeing illegal payments in the form of goods from third parties. For one player with a 400000 dollar contract lodged with the NRL. The letter of offer was valued at approximately 950,000 Australian dollars and contained a 20,000 gift voucher for a national retailer and a yacht valued at 30,000 Australian dollars. I'm not making this up. The offers together amounted to 700,000 of which the four players had already received 400,000. While Waldron had signed all the letters of offer, only Inglis and Slater had signed theirs, albeit the letters were written in a way that the players may not have realised the extra payments were outside the cap. The key suspects in all of this is former CEO Brian Waldron, suspended Chief Executive Officer and former Chief Financial Officer Matt Hansen, and who was then the current Chief Financial Officer Paul Gregory. Gregory. The former Chief Financial Officer, Cameron Vale, who was, at the time of this breaking, with the Australian Baseball League and said to have been the whistleblower on the situation. This is, however, a claim he denies. On the 23rd of April 2010, Brian Waldron resigned from his position as Chief Executive of the Melbourne Rebels Rugby Union Club after just six weeks from taking over the expansion team. As a little sidebar, Waldron had also spent some time at St Kilda, an Aussie Rules Club, and the AFL had then to investigate the St Kilda football players' payments during Waldron's three-year time at the club. However, this all came back clear. It is also worth, worth noting that, along with Waldron, Matt Hansen was at St Kilda at the time, so there is potential that uh, 
while they passed the audit there was some suspect dealings in St Kilda and then I suppose what was the fallout so the news is often referred to as the biggest scandal in Australian sports history I firmly would believe it has since been topped maybe that's something for volume 4 but club supporters kind of had mixed reactions and feelings towards the club they felt the club was kind of been left with dishonour and shame no club had previously ever been stripped of a competition title in 102 years of professional rugby league in Australia. One fan dumped his jerseys and other memorabilia at the team's Carlton headquarters on hearing about the incident. Another simply just broke down in tears. There was a general feeling that former CEO Brian Waldron was the man to blame for the entire scandal and not the players. Then Prep Deputy Prime Minister Julia Gillard, who was actually the club's first ever female ticket season holder, said the supporters would be shocked and, sa- and saddened, but hoped that they would stand by the club as it rebuilt. Storm Chairman Dr Rob Moody apologised to fans, many of whom publicly removed their storm cars and dumped them in disgust. Several key sponsors, most notably ME Bank, Host Plus and Skins immediately withdrew any support to the club. However, Harvey Norman, Jayco, Suzuki and Kuga continued to support and their logos featured prominently on a hastily reconfigured jersey. In contrast to those sponsors who distanced themselves, Jayco and Suzuki increased their existing support to compensate for the losses of other sponsors, which is kind of key to the club surviving through all this. And it's also alleged that betting agencies received an old-fashioned betting sting as some punters have found out with a salary cap before they became before it became common knowledge at the start at the time the storm were inside the top four on the ladder with four wins and two losses the betting odds in australia work similar to america so can't give you the irish equivalent odds but at the time storm were four dollar and twenty cent favorites to win the title and 251 dollars to win the wooden spoon tabs tab sports bet had claimed it would be due to pay at least half a million before betting was suspended and i suppose you, you find yourself wondering like ultimately how big of a punishment was this for melbourne you'll find not entirely a huge one they reckon that approximately Four weeks to two months after the initial pullback from sponsors that the club had managed to recover that two million they'd lost in sponsorship and just five days since the scandal erupted there was a surge in club memberships with 700 new season ticket holders many of whom had previously revoked the memberships and then contacted the clubs to reinstate them the entire matter was re- referred to ASIC and then the Victoria Police on the 15th of July with the matter being forwarded on to the Australian Tax Office and the Victorian State Revenue Office the next day. The findings of their report was nothing. And despite having to play at the remainder of the season for no points, Melbourne remained competitive. They continued to win, win, win games and they won a 4 to 10 games after the salary cup salary cap breach was revealed had they been allowed to actually play for points they would have finished joint fifth and qualified for the finals 
and in 2011 they were successful again. They won the minor premiership in 2011 before losing the preliminary final to the New Zealand Warriors. In 2012 they won a grand final again beating Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs and they returned to Leeds and won the World Cup Challenge in 2013. They then won another minor premiership in 2016, losing to Cronulla in the grand final. And in 2017, they again finished on top of the ladder. But this time, they went on to win the third legitimate premiership, defeating the North Queensland Cowboys by 34-6 in 2017. In 2016, it is worth noting that the Parramatta Eels were also caught breaching the salary cap. It was revealed in March that third-party payments had been made by several companies to several players, which again is strictly prohibited by the NRL. The main point of difference between the two episodes was the manner of the punishment. While the Melbourne Storm were not allowed to play for points for the remainder of the season, Parramatta Eels were permitted to play for points as soon as they fell back in line with the salary cap. It was acknowledged that this change was made due to the moralising nature of the storm punishment, including fans having to witness a team running out week after week with nothing to play for. And in 2018, the storm, the team, sorry, the storm had beaten in the 2007 grand final and lost. I think 2008 grand final. The Manly Sea Eagles were caught breaching the salary cap over a period of years. 2018 and the Eagles were fined three quarters of a million but had no points deduction and in a final little bit of trinket of information the Melbourne Storm obviously went on to win the 2020 grand final as well in the celebrations Melbourne Storm players were seen wearing shirts depicting that the club had won six premierships even though the two had been stripped 2007 and 2009 owing to the salary cap rorting. The NRL later banned these shots from being sold and issued an unnamed Melbourne player who organised the design of shirts with a warning notice. But effectively that is the story of the Melbourne Storm salary cap breach. I hope you've enjoyed it and look if if there's a scandal out there that you want me to cover let me know in the comments uh, or pop us a message. You can find us on Instagram the midseason slump and also pop us an email sasquatchscoop at gmail.com but if you do like it leave a comment leave a review share it with a mate that's all from me 